Hi, I'm Joe, and this is Joe Reviews Intersections on his walk to work. Episode 10, Bertner and Holcomb. penultimate episode of this podcast. When I started, I counted 12 intersections, but I counted wrong because there's only one left after this. Maybe originally I counted a stop sign that upon later reflection, I didn't think was important or really counted as an intersection. I think a good way to listen to my podcast would be to wait until they're all done and then listen to them all in a row. They're pretty short and it might only take you an hour. That way you get the full ride from my earnest beginnings to a slow devolvement into creative boredom and out on the other side, wherever we are now. So if you did do that and you're just now getting here, that's wonderful news. What's next for me? A bread blog? A t-shirt company? My wife and I were thinking about a t-shirt company called Bummer Stuff, and one of the shirts would say Bummer Stuff and have a picture of an alien on it. It seems like something stupid people would buy. People love dumb t-shirts. And then we could live on that passive income, but not be one of those people who make passive income and move to Thailand to work remotely because we don't really like traveling. After all, I like to talk about walking, not flying. I hate cars and I'm not sold on planes. Yeah, this is it. Bertner and Holcomb. You know, it's strange pretending that I'm at an intersection using pre-recorded background noise and taking some of the low end out of the vocal mic to make it seem like I'm actually recording on the street. If this was a TV show, I'd actually have to go out there and be one of those people who holds a mic and asks people embarrassing questions about politics. So, you've already discussed that I don't walk to work anymore. And in fact, this is where my walk to school ends now. So really, this could be the last episode. There are two last episodes if you really think about it. Think about it really hard. My walk right now is 10 minutes shorter than my walk to work used to be. I think of all those steps I'm not getting. Am I going to get fatter? Should I bake less bread? Really, it's an easy intersection. The buses stop in the right turn lane. The buses aren't allowed uh, to be beebles, like they're too big, so it's kind of nice. Also, people will call them and complain. They're not pulled up in the crosswalk impatiently, waiting for their precious little turn because of the sad entanglement and petty affairs we awaken to at each unfolding moment. I, I would go to this bus stop sometimes when I took the bus, but that was a while ago, before I started walking. And I never made a podcast about that. Maybe I should have, but I wasn't quite so interested in doing that then. I had to look up the street name. I realized I didn't even know the street names of many of these intersections. Was it because I wasn't paying attention? Have I really walked through these hundreds of times and not looked? I might know one of the streets, the big ones, but not the cross streets. I don't know if I've really learned anything about anything in this, except for the street names. I think I'll remember those now. But reflection, that's last episode stuff, where I reflect on this and come to conclusions, hopefully interesting ones. Oh, yeah, 
Another idea we had was a podcast called Partcast, where we discuss a single part like the bolt or the washer. I think it'd be pretty funny. People would call in to discuss their love for that part. Let me tell you about the hex screw. I remember the good old days when hex screws were hex screws. They don't make them like they used to. No, sir. That would be Partcast. actually take this intersection only to avoid another one. Down the street, there's a large four-way stop that I used to walk across. It always made me nervous. The stop signs are so far away, and there's so many lanes, and there's always pedestrians, so the cars get very confused as to when to go. And then they get anxious because it's their time to go. They better go now. Who cares whose turn it is? So they go for it. It's fine, but it's always an anxiety-provoking thing. Like email. Email is harmless but people get email anxiety. I must have walked through that intersection for a long time before I realized there was an easier way. But when I realized I could take the other one, I wondered why I never thought of it. Bertner and Holcomb is easy, mostly. People coming the other way do like to turn right on red, but by now we're in the heart of the medical center and pedestrians are more of a known presence. We have power in numbers and we are many and walking across the street. And although cars may still kill you, there's less of a chance, I think. I stare at cars in wonder and disgust, as if cities seen from above are not inhabited by people, but by cars. And the people inside them are merely accessories to those cars. To watch someone throw up their hands in desperation when the person in front of them won't go immediately ahead is the greatest picture of the American soul I can think of. But maybe that's only because it's the picture I'm most acquainted with. I go back and forth on whether or not it's okay to write about yourself. I always thought I wanted to write about other things, or I should only write about other things. But there's always an I, and we can't pretend otherwise. No matter what your magazine copywriter sends you back in the comments to your article you write, where you firmly believe the way you're making sense of it is the whole point of writing reviews. You can just email them a quote by Thoreau or something. I like Thoreau, but not even really Walden. Maybe I did when I was younger, but it's the journals that I enjoy. When he stops meditating on the world and begins to just measure water levels and the number of birds and the leaves on the tree, cataloging these little details for himself. Details that don't matter to anyone else. I think John Cage said that he liked the journals because everything is contained in them, which has something to do with finding yourself in measurements of rain, or things that are mostly about nothing. It would be best to write about nothing and cover a lot of ground. I am sure somebody writes interesting things about intersections somewhere. I'm unsure how earnest I can be with this podcast, or if that really even matters. Some people feel concerned about these sorts of things. This podcast was a joke I made in bed, and my wife said that seriously, it would be a good idea, so I decided to do it. I think I joke out of sincerity, and it would be inauthentic of me to strive for an ideal authenticity in the sense of opening myself up. I'm typing and I'm talking. That's opening something up. It doesn't really matter if it's myself. The podcast is a dumb idea, but my good ideas are usually pretty dumb. There's a basic 
dumbness of finding ourselves in a ridiculously irrational world that claims it can be guided by reason because stuff is dumb. I write songs and songs are dumb, which is why they're nice. But I certainly enjoy the banality of it, this podcast. Not that I'm interested in fetishizing the ordinary and celebrating the specialness of a moment. I think I have more bad faith than that. It's more about clearing things out, getting back to zero. Like walking is my zero point. I joke ban cars and pour dirt on the roads and get a bunch of deer, but I joke that very seriously. The problem with podcasting is I think that it becomes an end, that it's a function of personality, or the end goal is to be the sort of person who can talk about living a meaningful life and have people listen. Someone who is someone because they're able to talk about what it means to be someone. I thought I could make something creative, and I'm not sure if I have. But above all, I wish I could make something without thinking about the word creative at all, or worrying about it. It's created. It doesn't have to be creative. And that should be enough. Not that it is. I'm looking forward to my last episode. At the end of Fellini's Eight and a Half, Guido says, I thought my ideas were so clear. I wanted to make an honest film, no lies whatsoever. I thought I had something so simple to say, something useful to everybody. A film that could help bury forever all the dead things we carry within ourselves. Instead, I'm the one without the courage to bury anything at all. When did I go wrong? I really have nothing to say, but I want to say it all the same. This is Joe, stepping out.